Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Simon Provan. Good evening, Simon Provan. It has been far too long, my friend. How are you? It, I am I am fantastic, and I agree with you. I was thinking about this on the way over. I was like, when is the last time Baxter and I actually did a show together? <laughs> oh, and I, th- we, I think we figured out it was December? pre-MLS Cup. It was. It was pre-MLS Cup because we were talking. It might have been November, honestly, because MLS Cup's first week of That's December. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, we were talking about you getting ready to go down to the game, and then... After MLS Cup, I had some family obligations come up, and you and TC Ward did a fantastic job. Congratulations Thank to TC you. on everything that he did. And I love how you prefaced the show to like, I'm on the controls again, so I'm sorry in <laughs> advance. And I was like, oh boy. But no, it, 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 it sounded good. Well, it threw me with, uh, with my opening line of, uh, hello, ladies and <laughs> that gentlemen. Was the I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I was like, and Simon's already forgotten what he's supposed to do. I'm like, he, this proves that you don't listen to me when we do the opening. <laughs> you wait to hear me say my name, and you're like, Simon Provan. But even then, sometimes you forget. It's true. It's true. Well, what's my name? Wait. Oh, yeah, you're talking like, to me yeah, now. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. I usually like, have to stare and look at you and be like, now I'm talking to you. But either way, though, we are excited to finally be back and better than ever. We will be joined a little bit later on in the program by Vavil USA's Chris Blakely, our soccer editor and dear, near, dear friend of ours. He'll be chatting a little bit about Jordan Morris and everything going on with his career right now. Will he sign for the Sounders? Will he go to Germany? I've heard all kinds of rumors, and hopefully Chris has a little bit more of a, a yeah, better if, idea than yeah, we do. If, if people haven't known, uh, he's going over to Werder Bremen for two weeks yep. to uh, train, possibly trial with them. We shall yeah, see what we'll happens we'll see with there. that. And then we will also have our State of Cascadia as well, kind of like yeah. the State of the Union, but there you go. between Chris with his Seattle ties and Simon with his Portland ties and me with a closet Vancouver tie, we're going to have a little Cascadia chat and all kinds of everything else that's going to be going on, but uh, we want to take a moment to remind all of you that you can find us on Sports Radio America on Fridays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also get us on demand on iTunes and Spreaker.com and also on iHeartRadio as well. Yes, we're also, of course, on Facebook, too up front. That's how you got to throw in the search engine and look for a little uh, logo there. Yeah. Also on Twitter, at Two Up Front Soccer. Also on Instagram, at Two Up Front Soccer. And, of course, we've got our own personal Twitter feeds, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn. Exactly. That would be us. Nice and simple for all of you. But, all right, Simon, something that's not simple is the MLS transfer season right now. With the first year in free agency, the first time MLS is really starting to figure it all out, 
what have you made of it so far? I'm a little confused by it all. I know that the free agent market hasn't really had too much happen. I think there's been two fr- official three, free, three, three official yep. free agent signings. Yep. With Jeff Lorenowitz signing with L.A., that's yep. number three because it was, was Drew Moore and I believe Justin Mapp. You're right. The yes. Other yeah. Drew Moore. Um, oh God. Toronto. He went to Toronto. That's right. Drew Moore went to Toronto. Justin Mapp went to Sporting Kansas City, and then Jeff Lorenowitz now signing with the LA Galaxy just within the last day or two. Yeah, I and believe. I, I kind of got the feeling that Jeff Lorenowitz knew he was going to be with LA. LA knew that they were going to sign him. I've been him. hearing that rumor for a right, while. Right. Right. It's almost like they dragged it out just to see if they could get some extra free. Were agent they? Press say, out were of they there. looking to get more money out of it? I don't know if just. Well, that's that's that is part of the tough part of it, Baxter. Is that uh, the free agents? One of the contingencies is that they can only make twenty percent more than what they made at their last club. So oh, you know that's... the 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 money, the bidding wars are still being controlled, and I and I understand that. But how much more exciting would it be for us to be able to sit here? And debate whether that signing was worth it. And that's the other thing. You never hear about what exactly. the guys actually are making until at the end of the year where the union publish the, publishes exactly. the Exactly. And that's one thing I never liked about MLS in terms of at least, well, I know free agency is a new thing for them now. But even still, for literally any other sport, it's always the, oh, when Ndamukong Sue signed with the Miami Dolphins, he's going to be making, you know, $105 million for four years sure. or whatever that. And everybody immediately was like, oh, like you said, is he worth it? Is he worth it? But we're not going to know what Jeff Lorenowitz is making until, like you said, that is published at the end of the year, which maybe that is, it's nice. It builds a little bit of mystery, but at the same time, we already know that these guys are not getting paid as nearly as much as what anybody over in Europe is being paid. And maybe, I don't even know what Liga MX players make, honestly. So I couldn't even begin to compare and contrast of, was it a fair deal or not? Right. Well, and, and even then, you can still put in the context of seeing what, what other players like himself do make if if these salaries were published. You exactly. Know? But, uh, but they're not, and that's one of the unfortunate things. Again, it goes back to the league controlling any type of bidding war so it doesn't become... The first version of NASL that, you know, the New York Cosmos basically, as popular as they were, ran that league into the ground. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, and I'm going to say this a little bit earlier, there's got to be a point where MLS starts to take the training wheels off. But one thing I'm surprised about too, Baxter, is I feel like in past years there was at least a couple of reporters that got a hold of some type of number. But we're not seeing any of that this time around. I'm trying to... I'm trying to find it because I know SpotRack.com has all the player salaries for every major league in terms of uh, soccer, football, basketball, everything in America. I don't know if they've updated it in terms for of Lorenowitz's new deal, but I might at least be able to figure out what he made last year um, just to give us an idea. But like you mentioned, though, the way MLS is, it's time to take the training wheels off. We're going into year 21. You right. Know, I, you, yep. Anything after year 10, I feel like it'd be time to start, you know, exploring a little bit more, having a little bit more of a say with things, having a little bit more fun. Um, yeah, looking here on SpotRack, they don't have, they don't have, well, this is, they only have the 2015. So I could, I can, I'll go to Chicago in a moment here and figure out what he made there. But either way though, from a, a free agent standpoint, I would like a little bit more. I'm surprised, uh, well, from two perspectives. One, the free agent market's not that deep. We talked with Afshin Zahir of Avil USA a few sure. weeks ago about Mike McGee and everything going on with that. Um, but we haven't really heard much, you know, about even Mike McGee as a whole. So whether or not something comes from that, I, you know, I won't know. Um, well, and, and then 10 too, you know, they, they call them trades 
where it's a player for targeted allocation money. Sure. You know, of course, anywhere else in the world, you're going to call that a transfer. Yeah. But even there, too, you know, why can't we know how much of targeted allocation money was sent over to a club? Again, just to make it interesting yeah. for the fans to have these exactly. discussions. To make the offseason even more interesting. Exactly. To keep MLS in the discussion. And people want to know those things. They want to know, like, oh, how much is my favorite player being paid? Because people love those discussions. And how many ESPN and Fox Sports specials do we hear, you know, tonight at 9, XYZ paid millions of dollars. Is he worth it? Like, right, right. Even doing that, I would rather somebody get stupidly overpaid in MLS and people actually talk about it than not know that number at all and just guess, you know, and everything that I can find here, going back to Jeff Lerner's for a second, he made $245,000 last year for the Chicago fire. That's the newest number that I have. Right. So you figure 20% on top of that is about uh, $25,000. So, sure. so, so, I mean, he's not making much more, but I mean, from a professional standpoint, let's yeah, be honest. Hey, I mean, hey, if, right, from a <laughs> professional standpoint, you, you or I sitting here saying we can make six figures playing professional soccer? Absolutely. I'll take it. I would. I mean, if you could be a, whatever, a 32-year-old midfielder for now the LA Galaxy and being saying, hey, we're going to pay you, you know, $250,000, yeah. you, yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd probably take oh, that. Be yeah, like, absolutely. do I don't have to play very much and just hang out? <laughs> sure. Right. Why not? That's a, that's a deal anybody's going to take. But speaking of deals, though, I want to talk about this just really briefly with MLS signings. The New England Revolution decided to hold on to Diego Facundes, signed him to a new multi-year deal. As a Revolution fan and follower, I, I'm thrilled by the move because we get to retain a nice, talented young player. But at the same time, it always raises the questions because it doesn't, it's not an MLS transfer window unless some Serie A team is linked to Diego Fagundes because every rumor you hear with Fagundes, it's always tailored to him. And I was listening to Counterattack on Sirius XM today, and they were talking a little bit about, well, maybe you know, they'll, they'll transfer him in a few years for a high fee, and if he plays out his full contract, you, know, you could go a few different ways with that. But I'm curious to know what you think, Simon, about New England holding on to Fagundes for now a few more years. Well, I think, it's a, I think it's a great move by New England. I think Jay Heaps is actually doing a wonderful job out there trying to keep his younger players. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Jermaine Jones? Get rid um, of him. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the ultimate answer. Interestingly enough, he's not connected to any club, but yet he still gets called up. Anyways, Anyways. <laughs> one other thing just to go with that, interestingly enough, too, I know this is the stupid world that we live in, too, but he removed that he's a New England Revolution player off of his Twitter bio. And the world had a, a little spat about sure. that. Be like, oh, yeah. it's 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 you know he's not on the revolution anymore. They're not going to resign him. I'm like, well, yes, usually that's what it means. I mean, because apparently what happens on Twitter now is life. But realistically, though, that we've seen that happen before, where players remove things from their Twitter bios, and you know, a week later, Jermaine Jones, da da da, is no, you know, signed with a new team or officially cut from the revolution or whatever right. they end up doing. Like that actually is how people find out about their information nowadays. Well, I'll tell you what is is well of a job I think Jay Heaps is doing there in the off season up in New England. I got to hand it to another Cascadia club, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Sure, I, you know whether it's Carl Robinson, whether whether it's the front office who's doing all of this. Uh, you know, they re-signed Matias Laba, Kendall Watson, yep. Christian Tachera. Then they go off and sign one of the best Japanese forwards, Masato Kudo. Yep. Who, uh, Kudos was, to them. <laughs> there you go. I've been waiting nice. for a long <laughs> time to say that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, one of the leading scorers there over in the J League. And that is, that is, that is a decent league, it by the way. It actually is, yeah. And now they're looking to sign, I believe, a Costa Rican, was it? No, they a, you're yep. a Goyan striker. Well, yes. But or, no, they're I'm also sorry. looking at a Costa Rican uh, midfielder. Right, Costa Rican midfielder. I was. I just his name escapes me, but I do know exactly who you're talking uh, about. Christian Navarro. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they get him for their final third up in the attack, there, I'm telling you, Vancouver is going to be mm. 
if not the team to beat in the West, they're going to be one of the big teams to beat in the oh, West. Oh, absolutely, and I don't want to get too far into playoff talk, but at that point, if you have a fairly experienced team like that, a team like L.A., maybe is not quite as relevant anymore. As we saw this year, they're starting to kind of get to that teetery downward swirl where it's like, we're too old now. We need to find younger players. But Vancouver, the, the name, say his name again for me, please. The uh, uh, Navarro. Navarro, okay. Yes. Navarro, he's 31. He's a two-time World Cup veteran. So he's got some experience, but he's, in 31 at least, he's got maybe another four or five years under right, him. Right. And he adds, like you said, that extra count, that extra attack up top that would make Vancouver probably a top three team in, in the West. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think easily. Um, and I, I love the fact that you pointed out that he is 31. Not young, but at the same time, not old. Exactly. And we've talked about this before. If this deal happens, those are the types of deals that MLS really mm-hmm. has to start pushing out there to, to, to let get people to understand that, yeah, we get those older DP, DP players in here, but we're not a retirement league. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the great thing about it. And you talk about DPs as well. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes just re-signed one of their uh, former players. He's a, a new DP. Well, he's a DP for them. Uh, that would be Simon Dawkins. Oh, congratulations. I didn't know yeah, you yes, signed yes, with yes. Them. yeah, well done. <laughs> uh, Simon Dawkins, though, he uh, joins the team on a free transfer, but he will be an official DP for them. He was a DP for them a while ago. Then he left. I forget where he went. Now he's back. Uh, they also signed Chad Barrett in the offseason as well. Chad Barrett is a, is a, a one-season wonder, I feel like. He never... He oh, never yeah. stays at a team longer than no, he and Kenny Cooper are he's, always going around. He's he's an almost super sub, though, I would say. He you is. Know, he tends to come off the bench and, and put a goal in there. Uh, he's scrappy. He is scrappy. And I think that's the great thing about it. Now, I'm curious to know your thoughts about this with the Portland Timbers. They traded for Chris, uh, is it Cloutie? Cloudy? Oh, yes. Cloutie, uh, I think it's Chris Cloutie. Something of that nature. The guy from uh, the defender from Colorado. Yeah, they traded re- for him back right after MLS. Right Cup. after MLS Cup. Right, right around the same time where they yes. sold uh, Villa Feña. Uh, yeah, to uh, Santos Laguna and also Will Johnson going I'm, from Portland. How do you? I've been I've been waiting weeks to ask you about Will Johnson as well going look, to Toronto. Look it, call me a blasphemer. <laughs> I have never been a fan of Will Johnson. I yeah. and I, I know there's plenty of non-Timber fans out there going, "Yes, a Timber fan gets it." Um, yeah, he's a decent player, but I, I will tell you, I I got so sick of him whining about every single call yeah. that I was I was not disappointed to see the man go. I agree. No, um, there's I nothing think it's, wrong with that. I think it's a great pickup in the back. They get rid of uh, of Jose, and then they bring in Clute. I think it's Clute, isn't it? Is it Clute? It's K L U T E. I don't know. Yeah. I have been saying Clutey, but I don't. And he came from Columbus, if I, if I remember correctly. Did. Yeah, no, he it, came. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Strong, he was originally at Colorado. Okay. Strong player, though. Um, I, I think it's a. I think it's good to bring him over. I'm not totally sold though on Villafania getting sold off. Um, rumor is they made a seven-figure transfer fee off of that. Uh, sold him to uh, Liga MX. I would buy that. Yeah. I would, yeah. I could see him going for maybe low one to two million. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had a fantastic cup. Absolutely. He was, he was rock solid in the back there. Um, so we shall see what happens in the back for the Timbers. It's it's a little disappointing to see them make those moves so quickly, but you know when it the, did happen, when really the fire's fast. hot, you got to strike. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, if you know, you can use the money because you don't have to be a multi-million-dollar player to be a good player in MLS. You know, if you get two million off of a guy like Villa Fanal, you can turn it around and maybe go get a player or two. You know, depending on if Port- how Portland does. Speaking it. of Liga MX, 
It, it's like the the uh, the off season of American players heading over there. It is Omar Gonzalez. Of yes. course. Did you uh, see how he was introduced? I did. Oh my gosh! I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I, I loved know. It. So you probably loved <laughs> it. I, I saw articles where people. I forget who it was. There's was some acclaimed soccer writer that was like this. You know, officially makes him the laughing stock of Lima Liga Max. I'm like. He was. I mean, no. I thought it was great that here you go. You got a U.S. national team player coming in. Yes. So for for the Mexican league, he is the dark side. <laughs> it's true. It would have been a little different had it been like Landon Donovan or somebody. Sure. A little bit more of like the Mexican killer. But even still, right. Omar Gonzalez. He's kind of like that Lando Calrissian, where he you know he could play for both sides because he's got the Hispanic heritage. Yeah. But yeah. he can be good. But for the price, he can be bought to the dark side as well. <laughs> We should, that's, I like that segment. We should make you know, Star that's Wars good. players and MLS. And I, I like that. Anyway, um, another one I was curious to get your thoughts about, Simon, uh, was Stephen Betashore as well. He goes from Vancouver to Toronto. Uh, Toronto is doing all the right moves right now without spending a lot of money. And I wonder if they're finally at that point where like, hey, maybe we can get some good players without having to spend $40, $60 million and be laughed at. I, I, f- I feel my feet getting colder every day. Hmm. Because, like you said, Toronto's not spending a lot of money. They're making smart moves. Mm-hmm. So I think hell may be freezing over. That, that worries a few people, doesn't it? It does. I, I don't know what to exactly to make of it. I don't want to read too much into it. But at the same time, you get Will Johnson, a great midfielder. You get Steven Betashore, a great defender. Plus, you still hold on to all your other big pieces. Mm-hmm. That's a not too bad. I mean, even you talk about those two guys, plus Altador, Bradley, and Giovinco. Those are five very talented players to have on the field at well, one time. Well, four. Exactly. I mean, you get rid of Altador, and you know you don't lose anything. Right. So, aside from that, though, Simon, is there anything else in this transfer season that's really jumped out at you so far? Well, I will say New York City FC are trying to get uh, left back Ronald Matarita. Oh, uh, he's, bless uh, you. he's <laughs> another Costa Rican. Yeah, you know, it's the, the Costa Ricans love playing in MLS, which is great. But he's a 21 year old left back. He's spent time in one of Costa Rica's better clubs. Uh, he's already made a debut with their national team. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Um, so there's there's some deals out there that, again, I would love to see the league push that for the type of players that they're that they're bringing into this league. True. Um, I think that's that's about it for me. For me, again, like I said, starting off here, Vancouver is the one who's really been making me go, "Wow, somebody's doing this right." True. True. Um, I have one more that I need to try to find here really fast, if I if I can, if my computer will work with me. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the first name, but I know the last name is Falcao. We know we know who Falcao sure, is. Yes, There's yes. rumors of him going to the Columbus Crew. I think I'm mean, trying to find the article really fast, but I think we posted it on our Facebook page, uh, two up front on Facebook. I now my computer's not loading, of course. Um, oh my gosh, where is it? Either way, though, the fact that we, he was even a consideration made it interesting. That we you hear about this Chelsea striker, former Real Madrid or not Real Madrid, Manchester United. Um, yeah, it is um, Radamel Falcao. Yeah, Columbus Crew SC is interested in Chelsea forward Falcao, according to MLSsoccer.com dot com two days ago. Yeah, again, uh, if that happens, now that's a, that's a big deal. That's a um, very big deal. Imagine Falcao, Kai Kamara. You add all these other young midfielders they've got there. I mean, you got to see him play firsthand. You know, it's it's a very talented squad, and then you go throw yes. a guy in like Falcao, and that almost completely changes the dynamic of what's, you know. And, and on top of that, they re-signed Berhalter, or extend his deal, rather. They did, yeah. Uh, which was which is great. To, it's a great to see a young coach get rewarded like that. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I There is one more. I forgot about this, yes. and then I was going 
sure, sure. going through everything. FC Dallas, I mm. think they're also going to be a team to really deal with. Uh, okay. Max, uh, Max Aruti, who, uh, of course, all the Timber fans loved. Mm. Talk about a super sub. Did wonders in MLS Cup. Beautiful um, goals, too. But he was uh, he was picked up in the re-entry draft. The only player picked up in the re-entry Which draft. Was a little, I'm always FC surprised Dallas. by that too. By all the players that were available in re-entry draft, and it's not you know a huge cream of the crop like best players available. But I still thought they were. I'm surprised by some teams pass. Well, they all passed except for FC Dallas. Exactly. I, I think a lot of these clubs are just seen as kind of useless because there's the re-entry draft, and then there's uh, stage two. Yeah. And the if waiver nobody, draft. Right. And if but if nobody picks players up in stage two, then it's right of uh, first refusal. Mm-hmm. So then then teams know that well if they're not picking up anybody, so they why can bother go after, do all right. that? Right. Well, you know? exactly. And I think the league. I wouldn't be surprised if we see the league actually get rid of the re-entry draft. I think. Just go to straight. F- just go to straight free agency. Sure. Well, again, you got to go back to the collective bargaining agreement. True. That, that that came out of the not the last, but the previous collective bar- bargaining agreement with the whole reentry draft. That was the first type of free agency the league. True. Had that um, is true. But now with free agency here, you know, granted twenty eight years old, eight years to the league. I I just think a lot of teams are seeing it as a waste of time, and who knows? Maybe the players in the league get together and say, you know what? Let's just strike this. It's unnecessary. Obviously, it's unnecessary. If only yeah, if one, one player got picked going, up. Yeah, that's kind of a useless waste of money and time for all parties involved, except for Rudy. But even then, you know, I'm sure he could have been like, well, I could have gone free agency or something and figured something out with right. somebody. But right. um, one other player, Simon, that we love to talk about um, that is always, I feel like, rumored. Always. Always. Is the great man, Cristiano Ronaldo. Last year it was, oh, he'll be the first signing with LAFC. Now it's this year, oh, he'll be the first signing at David Beckham, FC, United, Miami, whatever they go with. But I feel like that is a good topic for us to discuss in our 50-50 Yeah, that's perfect. Night. So uh, I don't have our, our cute little theme music, unfortunately, <laughs> but I do have uh, I, I have this. <laughs> so that'll tell us when your 45 seconds, Ooh, not my 45 right. seconds is up. So that way you've got more of a... Uh, official stop and instead right. of the person saying stop. Do we put the b- gloves on or exactly. do we take I mean, them we off? Can, we can duke if we want okay. to. I, I don't okay. know. We're sitting chairs next to each other, so I might have to like, reach over. It'd be a little <laughs> weird. But So uh, would you like to go first, sir? Your Timbers one, I feel like you deserve. You, you can choose what you'd like to do. <laughs> I'd actually like you to go first. You'd like me to yeah. go first. That's yeah. fine. I, I accept that. Throw that curveball at you. I, I'm fine with that. So if you want to put 45 seconds on the clock, I will be ready to roll, sir. Let's see here. You just have to hit start and then just... Oh, yes, yes. And I just keep it where I can see it, so I press the button. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Are you ready? Checking the keeper, pointing at the keeper, make sure he's raising his hand. I think think we're good, yeah. All right, here we go. All right, well, Cristiano Ronaldo to MLS, I think, is a move that is going to happen regardless if anybody wants it to happen because he knows that he can have a fantastic payday towards the end of his career. And why not come to Miami? He's got the ties with David Beckham back from Manchester United. He's got the ties to Miami as a whole as another place that he enjoys living. It's going to be more of a marketing, more of a, hey, we've got a new brand. Hey, we'll pay you a ton of money. I don't really think he cares about MLS, but I know that he can look at MLS from a financial standpoint and say, hey, you know, I can still be paid big bucks and get a bunch of endorsements and travel around and maybe make this club happy for a year or two and then retire in Miami on South Beach and have a wonderful life. So that that's, I feel like overall he will do it because of the payday more so than, oh, I'm going to MLS. <laughs> Baxter, you just gave me every single reason to argue against this. Okay. Well, I'm ready. 45 <laughs> seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. Begin. 
I don't think it's a good idea. Not because of Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be 40 by the time he would get over to Miami. He can come sooner. But, <laughs> but one, um, yes, he, he has said that he may come over to MLS. It's interested him. Um, but the league, this goes back to what I was saying before, it's got to get rid of the training wheels. It doesn't need to keep signing these big names who are basically in their retirement years because it actually does worse for the league than it does good. Uh, and if Ronaldo, if we're looking at a 38, 39-year-old Ronaldo, we don't need that. The league doesn't need that anymore. It would be, he would be here just for the money. Um, look, a 38, 39-year-old Ronaldo maybe be still be the best player in the world, but the league doesn't need this image anymore, so get rid of it. You know, one thing I forgot to say was that we didn't explain how our 50-50 That's true. Works. But, That's you know, true. It, it happens. You know, we're, we're over it. For those of you that didn't catch on, we each get 45 seconds to talk about a subject, and then we kind of go from there. So, How about this, though? You got David Beckham, who doesn't have a team yet, already... Being rumored I've by, heard by, Zlatan, the, by the sun, I've heard right, everybody. Right. But you got the sun actually coming out and saying that I guess Ronaldo, Beckham offered Ronaldo a two-year contract already. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, we're going to a break. Chris Blakely will be with us from Vavil USA on the other side of the break. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Don't go anywhere. America. I'm Baxter. And this is Sidemen. I don't know why I forgot my name. Uh, I, I guess what it is is I that's how I come in on my other show is, hi, this is Bax. Ah, and there so, you go. There you go. I, I don't know. That's irrelevant. You know, listen to the BG Sports Show. Anyway. Well, at least at least plug. your name is real, unlike the stadium in Mi- uh, Miami or the club in Miami. So. Uh, you know, it's little things like that. But it's not fake or anything to do with that, like our real friendship with Chris Blakely of Vavil USA. So joining us now on the line is Chris. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Chris Blakely, one of the many wonderful soccer writers over at Vavil USA. Any uh, any good articles coming out soon, Chris, that we need to be on the lookout for? 
Hey, well, that's a great segue. So well, the reason we have you here, Chris, is to talk about Jordan Morris. So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, what is going on with it? Because, frankly, I don't know, and Simon thinks it's important to talk about. So if Simon <laughs> thinks it's important, I think it's important, obviously. Yeah, you know, I think it was Monday or Tuesday that it came out. Uh, Goal.com had mentioned that uh, he was turning pro, leaving Stanford, so everybody got all happy myself included here in Seattle. Yeah. And honestly probably probably a lot of people in MLS just because he's he's a huge talent. He's big, he's strong, he's got a lot of speed. And then like the next day comes to find out that he's going to be training over in Germany with uh the Werder Bremen. Yeah. Um so as of right now he has he hasn't signed anything as of, you know, from everything I could find nothing news come up. Other than he was uh, recommended to buy uh, Andy Herzog, former player over there, yep. uh, to go train with that club. So mm. as of right now, it's kind of a standstill. Uh, we don't really know what the heck's going on. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's going on, Chris. <laughs> this <laughs> please, is Simon, this is please. the benefit of a college education. This man, this this man knows how to negotiate a deal. He wants the money. Give him the money. Why not? I mean, he's got a fantastic resume so far. The little bit we've seen him play, I mean, he's got every bargaining chip in the bag. He's potentially one of the next greatest U.S. men's national team forwards, and he wants to take his talents where he wants to take them, not where everybody else wants him to go. I feel. No, I, you know, he, obviously, he's going to want to do what's best for him. Um, you know, and that, and that's honestly the most important part. I know for the last two years, a lot of people have been giving him a lot of uh, grief, I guess, for not coming out of college. And it's like, hey, man, he, this, this kid got a college, you know, got a scholarship to go to one of the best universities in the country. No Absolutely. kidding. Yeah, he did a fantastic. He had a well, fantastic collegiate career on top of that. And though. let's yeah, and let's be honest. I mean, it's not like for him, anyways. Maybe he's an anomaly, but. Hey, he's in college. He gets called up to the U.S. national team. His first game, he scores a goal <laughs> against Mexico. He's uh, he's obviously been developed just fine for uh, no from kidding. What I can yeah, see. I remember our show too, Simon. After we saw that U.S. men's national team game, he was saying, "Well, now he's got to go to class on Monday and be like, oh yeah, what'd you guys do? Oh, I had homework. Oh, what'd you do? Oh, I scored a goal against Mexico on <laughs> national television. <laughs> you know, it, it's little things like that, but." Realistically, though, I mean, I, I know Seattle wants him to sign. I, I, I understand that. I think he would be a good transition piece from Clint Dempsey. But at the same time, him going to Europe maybe isn't the worst idea either. But, Chris, I'm curious to know what your, your overall professional thought is about what Jordan Morris might be doing with his career here. Well, honestly, he's going to do what's best for him and his family. I mean, that's first and foremost. If he thinks he can get more more money, I mean, I know money's not everything, but you know, when you're 20, 21 years old, I mean, honestly, money does talk. And True. if a mid-tier team over in Europe can offer him more than one, well, arguably one of the better teams in MLS, not, that's not really that true right now. How hard was that for you to say? I feel like that took you a moment to, to really... <laughs> my, my, skin, my skin just crawled. Oh, so, man. Um, it's almost as bad as saying the Portland Timbers are MLS Cup champions. Um, <laughs> do you want? Do you yeah, want to you just know, get that all out of the way right now? Since Simon's on the line, do you want to just get whatever well, you have to say know, out of the way? I know Simon and I did talk about a week and a half ago. Uh, <laughs> we had a phone call with each other, and I told him congratulations. But I'll say it on air so the whole world can hear. It. Congratulations <laughs> on your boys winning the title. Thank you, Looking sir. Over your big brother. So you know. Um, no, uh, you know, back to the whole Morris thing, though, is just the fact of, you know, he's going to do what's best for him and his family, and 
more money from a mid-tier club over Europe, and he can grow his, you know, his uh, goodness. I just lost my train of thought. He, you know, he can get better. Sure, you know, absolutely. He's obviously gonna. He's gonna be facing a lot of talented players, regardless if it's mid-tier or you know whatever. He's still gonna be playing against some of the world's best. Whereas if yes, MLS has gotten a lot better over the last ten years, I would say, but. The talent's still not up there to the EPL, the Bundesliga, La Liga, and so forth. Agreed. Um, one well, one I, question I have for you, Chris, and I don't know. I'm curious to know what Simon's thoughts are about this, too. If he does go to Germany, if he does just do this loan trial, if I'm Fabian Johnson over at Borussia something, 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 Glockbond there, do I maybe make a... A side note to my coach, since I'm kind of in the in favor with the whole team right now, and say, hey, you're looking for maybe a young forward. I know this guy that I play with at the national team. Maybe you should take a look at him, or is that very far and outlandish of a thought? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, it, it's but you know, I don't really think that'd be something that happened because I think if anything, I really think the team he's training with, if he goes to Europe, I think that's where he's going to go. Sure, to be honest with you, he he, he was recommended by his U23 coach. In Herzog, um, I mean, if if he does not stay in the MLS and go with the Sounders, I think that's where he's going to be. I mean, it's I could be completely wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of other teams out there that would love to have him. Um, I just don't know what they are because honestly, there's not a lot of teams' names that are popping up. And when I saw the report on, you know, the next day after now he was going pro, it was a bit of a shock that he was going. And I'm like, okay, at first maybe he's just going to train, you know, sure, stay in shape. He did just finish his college season, winning the NCAA championship for uh, Stanford. So maybe he just wants to keep in the rhythm. But also that worried me as well. Is, hey, this kid needs a little break. MLS season about to start. And then, boom, now everybody's like, well, hey, he may not be going to the founders. I mean, I, we all know that he offered, he was offered the largest homegrown contract, homegrown player contract in the history of MLS. Some are saying it's over a million dollars a year, which would right. put him way up there. True. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of veterans in MLS that barely make sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year. So, you know, or you have a guy as you mentioned previously in your show, Chad Barrett, a journeyman. He's making a lot of money. You know, he would make never playing one minute in MLS. He would instantly make more money than tons of players below him, huh. or that have a lot more experience. Excuse me. Sure. You know, the one one of the positives, if he were to go over to uh, Vader Berman or Bremen. Is that that is where Aaron Johansson is playing? Mm. Uh, you know, who's in and out of the U.S. national team. That's a good point. Yeah. So you do have players like that that uh, he could definitely learn from. Um, well, isn't that what Johansson did with Josie Altidore, though, over in uh, wherever they were in Norway? Where were they? In the, in the Netherlands. In yeah, the Netherlands. They went over to uh, that big club over there, and I can't think of their name right AZ. now. Or AZ Alco yeah. something, yeah. or I don't know. Well, with that, they were more. They were more parallel to each other rather than true than Aaron taking over you know taking Josie under his wing because at that point actually Aaron arrived I thought after Josie got he there. did that's what I'm saying though I thought that Aaron was kind of that night like jo- Jordan to Jordan to Aaron now instead of an Aaron to Josie kind of a thing I see I see what you're saying you're yeah. flipping it around yeah yeah okay um you know and I think the biggest issue, another thing that might be keeping Morris from signing with the Sounders right now, is if you look at the Sounders roster, and I actually wrote about this earlier this week after it was announced he was ready to turn pro, where's he going to play? Right. I mean, right. you're not you're not going to – if the rumors are true and they offer him over a million dollars a year, you're not going to put him on the bench. I mean, you have Dempsey up top, you have Ova, arguably – 
the one of the best one-two combinations in the league. Yep. Uh, besides, you know, Ziggy loves his four-four-two, and for whatever reason, he can't ever seem to get out of that. And if he only puts one forward up front, they can't score for weeks. And then, actually, in my article, I had mentioned, you know, what if he kind of went to like a four-three-one-two? You know, you got your four in the back, your three midfielders. You have Clint Dempsey actually kind of slide back a little bit, play in between the central defenders. Excuse me, uh, the midfielders, and then right behind Morris and Martins. Which we, yeah, which I say we know Dempsey's a versatile player and can kind of play anywhere. We've seen that on the national team. Exactly, and if you look in the playoffs when Nelson Valdez was was coming back from injury, he was getting tired. He wasn't supposed to play the seventy plus minutes. He he was only supposed to play like sixty minutes. Sure. Well, he was clearly getting tired and gassed and exhausted. So Clint said, "Hey, you know what?" I'll slide over here to your left wing position. You go up top, get some rest. I'll do all the tracking back and forth. Sure. Now, you know, Dempsey's in his 30s. Well, is so is Valdez. To do that? Valdez I mean, is he's 32. He's showing he's a team player, but is he going to want to do that for the whole season? Right. Are you going to put Dempsey on the wing? No. No, That's of course why not. I really think the 4 3 1 2 would work great. Well, it's interesting because as the league matures, you see a lot of teams moving to a 4 3 2 1 or a 4 2 3 1. Uh, both Columbus and Portland had similar lineups to that. You yep. see. You see some teams actually yeah. trying to go with a four-three-three, and you know I think that actually says a lot about Ziggy for the fact that he sticks with the four-four-two. Um, you know, as I said, other teams, and I will use the word mature. They have matured beyond that, of course. You know, you got to decide whether you're going to be the type of coach that finds players to fit your system, or you find a system that works with your players. Um, but at at some point, yeah, if if they're going to sign Morris, like you said, something's got to happen with the formation because you don't want to spend a million dollars. You don't want to no. spend seven hundred thousand dollars on a player in this league. And, Absolutely and not. not. But is it more of maybe a bragging right standpoint? Would this be maybe Seattle's front office saying, "Hey, Ziggy, I know you've already got six forwards on the roster, but we really want to be that team that signs Jordan Morris to the biggest thing." You know, can we can we make something work? Can you? Can you slide somebody out wide, or can we, you know, send somebody down to S two or something? Like, I feel like there might be a little bit of pull outside of what Ziggy Schmidt wants, and I, I could be wrong yeah. about that. Well, you know, that, that's also a good point, but also that's another reason why Ziggy gets a lot of criticism because he he doesn't want to change his forward, he doesn't want or his formation, he doesn't want to put his. You know, you got all these players. You know, as an example, you said six forwards. Yeah, he doesn't want three of which are over the age of thirty. He doesn't want to put the players in the field to give them their best chances to win. He's like, well, I'm going to stick with my four-four-two, and this is what it is. This is how it's going to work. That's why Nagel's no longer here. That's why Bears no longer here because they want to go somewhere where they can play, where they can get consistent minutes. Yes, and you do know, you in Morris? No, I was going to say, do you see then maybe of Seattle coming to that conclusion, saying, well, we can't find a place for him. And then Jordan Morris turning around saying, well, yeah, maybe I do want to play in MLS, and then maybe a team like the Red Bulls or the Galaxy, maybe maybe Galaxy, since they're out there, or San Jose, saying, hey, we need someone to come you know, and maybe partner with Robbie Keane, or we need somebody to go with Chris Wondolowski, Jordan. Do you want to come do that and still stay in this general area? Or maybe Portland or Vancouver, so they keep him on the West Coast. But I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle, it does come out in Seattle's like, now we can't make it work. <clears throat> that somebody else in MLS is like, well, maybe we can come make it work. Who, why does it have to be Seattle that has to sign him? Well, I mean, he is their homegrown player, so they have his rights. So, but technically, yes. they don't have to sign him. But I can tell you this right now, and I'm 
when I say a lot of things, I'm not always 100% confident in them. Sure. But when I, <laughs> what, I what I'm about to say, I'm 100% confident. Okay. The, the Sounders and the front office let Jordan Morris go. That'll be a coup among the fans because they've been talking about him for two plus years. Yeah, right. They're they are so excited to see him on the team. They see what he did against Mexico and how well he's played against all the you know the top teams across the world. Sure. We you take that if he's doing that against Mexico in his first you know game, he scores his first goal. What's he going to do to the team, the lower level teams in MLS? He's going to destroy them. Well, here's what I mean, I, it, I mean. It was, but it was Mexico's B side, Chris. <laughs> Oh, don't even. Uh, <laughs> you know what? If, if you're not there to compete, yes, I know it was a friendly, so it technically doesn't count. But it counts. You're playing America. You're playing the U.S. It's like when we play Mexico, we give them our best. Oh, absolutely. Point six percent of the time. What do you? you what know, do you... Mexico doesn't have that respect, but still, he scored against a national team player from Mexico. Absolutely. Here's here's you my know, thing. So... I wouldn't be surprised to see Seattle <laughs> sign him and then try to sell him. Yeah. You could get a lot of money. You could flip that around and get a lot of money out of it and flaunt him in front of, I keep going back to L.A. or even the Red Bulls. Or well, not even teams. MLS, I'm saying. you know, Maybe they shop him around the Bundesliga. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if well, any... Well, you know, that's, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, you sign him, you get him, and then maybe you got a team over in Europe saying, hey, we'll give you a couple million for a transfer fee that you guys get to keep. Yeah, because how but many... The problem with that is, is when he's ready to come back to MLS, the Sounders don't have his rights. That's true. Five that is fighters. true. Granted, understanding MLS roles are damn near <laughs> impossible, but I've been watching the league for not as long as you, Simon. I know you've been watching it from the beginning, but a good solid the last eight, nine years I've been invested in MLS. I still don't understand the rules, but if he was to just go and sign with a club in Europe, I think when he wants to come to MLS, do they still have his rights? Or since he's a national team player, is that a whole different spectrum? Yeah, if, if he's a U.S. national team player, he goes on the... Uh... Oh, I'm forgetting the term. Ultim- ultimately, Chicago will get screwed trying right. to sign him, and he'll end up in you know. He'll he'll come back to Seattle. That's what I would say. Yeah, if, he would. If he, he would. He'd be the type of guy that would say, "This is the team I want to play for," and MLS would make it work. Yeah, Don Garber, if he still has a job by that point, will be like, "All right, let's make it happen. Just give me you know fifty percent of your earnings, and we'll call it a day, and everybody wins." But or maybe by the time he comes back, though. It's to the point where L.A.'s around and Miami's around, and L.A. says, hey, we don't have a hot U.S. men's national team star on our team yet, and we've got all these. We've got this great ownership group. Maybe they want to make a pull for him instead. You know, I, I don't know. That's the great thing about money and politics and soccer <laughs> as a whole, but you never know. Money talks, obviously, but hypothetically, though, I mean, he definitely fits the persona of what a Bundesliga player is. He's big. He's a fast guy. He plays Bundesliga soccer. He's a, he's a soccer. number nine in my, he is. in my mind. Absolutely. And I, I'm looking at your article right now on Vavil USA, Chris, and your, your starting lineup is a 4-3-1-2. You've got Stefan Fry, uh, Mears, Evans, Marshall, Fisher in the back, Ivan Schitz, Alonzo, Valdez in the mid, Clint as your center forward, and then Morris and Martins as your two strikers. It's, it's not a bad formation. I, I do like that. It just kind of comes down to whether or not Clint wants to do that, you know? Well, yeah, you know, but we also saw how well he struggles when he doesn't have another forward to play off of. True. I mean, he look, needs I that other forward. He, does, he needs, that's why him and Martins work so well. Yeah. Um, you know, just, it's, I wish it was done and over with. I know a couple of weeks back when I was on here with you, you know, I, I told you I believe that, you know, Pete Morris would sign at some early part of January, you know, in January. Sure. Um, obviously, that clock's ticking now that we're seven days deep, but... Um, in the end, just as my kind of my final thought on this whole Morris thing is, 
in the end, I think I truly feel that he will end up signing the the largest homegrown player contract in MLS history and stay in Seattle. Well, what is is interesting is uh, he had said a while back, uh, he had come out and said, "I'm I'm not turning pro." This was before his junior year started. I'm not turning pro this year, but I know when I do, I'll be a Seattle Sounder. Yeah. So him going on the record saying, "Look, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but when it does happen, you better get that green jersey with that whatever number ready right. and crisp and ready to go for me." And and Morris could also be trying to drive the price up a little bit. Like well, going it, over there training. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. To get them an extra two hundred fifty thousand, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Shoot. I can't blame the kid. No, absolutely. Your, your shelf life as a professional player is so small. So absolutely, make every buck you can. Exactly. All right. Well, briefly. Okay. Oops. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, let, let's say he plays, signs that contract, and then, God forbid, you know, two months into the season, he blows out his knee and never plays again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Crazy. Well, We've seen it, crazier you know, things happen. Look at Stuart Holden's career. It was oh, it was all about him I love getting Stu. injured. I'm so sad. I love Stu. I thought he was a fantastic I player. Too. He's a great kid. So, so I'm curious now, Chris. We'll transition away here for a moment for the last moment or two that we have you. We talked briefly uh, in the earlier part of the show about giving the state of Cascadia. Um, I'm curious to know. I don't know a lot about Vancouver. I was just trying to pretend like I did. But uh, that makes two of us. I know. So between <laughs> the three of us, though, I'm gear- obviously Portland has asserted themselves at the end of 2015 as the best team in MLS, but also the best team in Cascadia. That's all done and good now. That's that's irrelevant. We're into a new year as we move forward. Where do we see these three teams in Cascadia, one, two, three, going into MLS 2016? And I know we still have so many more months to go before we actually kick off, but if you had to give your your power rankings right now of the three teams and their moves and everything that they've done so far since January 1st, or I guess since MLS Cup finished to now, where would you rate the three Cascadia teams, Chris? Um, honestly, Portland's going to be number one. They are the defending champs, and they're the champs all year until somebody knocks them off. So just like the you know Sounders did with LA uh, sure. this year in the playoffs. But with all the moves that have been made, I mean Portland, you know they're you know as you guys mentioned earlier in the show, you guys you know lost Will Johnson, you brought in that kid from uh, Columbus and so forth. You know they're they're still up there. Um, they got some money now with that transfer. Um, Vancouver, you know they they brought over the all time leading scorer. Uh, the Japanese player, I can't remember his name. I know. I Kudos. Kudo. 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 <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> um, right now, you know, they, they're they moving to make themselves a better team. I mean, as you guys were talking, Carl Robinson or the front office, whoever's doing it, they're, yeah. doing, a dang, they're doing a dang good job. And honestly, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed in the Sounders. They're not making a lot of moves. Hey, you and me um, both, being a Revolution fan, I know how you feel. It's, it's you know, you lose... You lose eight players, you know, Chad Barrett, you know, Gonzalo Pineda just announced his retirement. Yeah, saw um, that. I was a little surprised know, by that, yeah. The the, the status of uh, Valdo Alonso is up in the air. Um, you know, he's been injured a lot the last couple of years. There were rumors that as soon as the offseason started that he might be traded. Yeah. Um, they haven't brought anybody in that wows you. Now, if they, now I'm saying this, you know, this is proof. If they sign Jordan Morris, I honestly think that puts them. If not, it's not right there. I think all three teams are in equal. Portland and Vancouver, they're they're going to be fighting for that first spot in the in Cascadia, and, and the Sounders are right there. But if they get Morris, it's going to be an even race all year long. To be honest with you, I mean the Sounders do have the third toughest schedule this year, though. Dude, so they're that's gonna true. Have yeah, to go through some adversity. So they haven't signed anybody that wows me. But as I mentioned, if they get Jordan Morris, 
boom, they're good. Now, in my mind. fast question for you before we let you go. Mauro Rosales is still a free agent or just hasn't signed back with uh, Vancouver right now. Would that be a possible move for Seattle to bring back a veteran uh, like that? You know, I love Mauro. I always have, always will. It pained me to see him go and achieve this. It pained me even more to watch him play in Vancouver. But right now, we saw how tired the team was in that second leg, extra time, going into penalties against FC Dallas in the semifinals of the Western Conference. They don't need to get older. He's an older player. Um, he's going to want a DP status, I'm assuming. I can't remember if that was his status in, or whatever. He used to be a DP. I just don't see them bringing him back because, honestly, I think he is way, way too old. No, there's no um, reason he needs to be at a DP status anymore. He's about two or three years past that. Okay, I couldn't remember. I haven't really, you know, kept track of him since he left Seattle, as bad as that sounds. But, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, new season's almost here. LA, you know, I'm ready for it. We're under two months, you know. So, under two months away from that, it'll be here before you know it. LAFC just, you know, announced their their, their logo colors, which are kind of cool. Um I'm ready for it to go because I, I want to talk to you guys a lot more, too, about this. It should be a good season. Absolutely. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much, sir. Where can we find your work on Vavil and on uh, Twitter as well, sir? Well, on VavilUSA.com. Uh, um, I'm on Twitter. Actually, I just recently changed my Twitter name. I used to be the real C. Blakely, but now I'm Chris, that's C-H-R-I-S underscore VavilUSA. Um, you can find me there. And... Uh, we're going to be ramping up our coverage here. It's been a little bit of a lull here on Babel. You know, not a lot to talk about, but we're starting to pick that back up. And, uh, yeah, if you want to talk to me, get me up on Twitter. Sounds good, Chris. Always a pleasure, sir. Chris Blakely, one of the soccer editors over at Babel USA. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again next time. All right, talk to you guys soon. All right, see you, Chris. All right, we're going to a break. When we come back, we're going to venture across the pond briefly to see what's going on in the EPL and see how... Everton might be doing. I heard Lukaku scored a goal with, you know, his head the other day. That was a beautiful goal. I muted you. So sorry. <laughs> Pushed the wrong right. button. 2-1 win over Manchester yeah, City in the big Capital deal. One Cup. We'll see. All right. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Welcome back to another edition of 
two up front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Perovic. Welcome back inside the program. We just had a chance to speak with Vavil USA's Chris Blakely, one of the editors over there, along with another one of our good friends, Matt Evans, as well. And uh, we talked about Jordan Morris, Cascadia, all that stuff. But, Simon, you had a follow-up comment. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, first of all, it's always a, always a pleasure having Chris on. He's such an insightful guy and, uh, you know, good guy, too. So always good having him on. For being so, a Sounders so thanks, fan. Chris. He's not a bad guy. <laughs> um, I just wanted to make mention of, you know, I appreciate the A-League in Australia, hmm. not for its play, but for the fact that they understand their place in the world. True. Uh, and and they love giving their players opportunities if Europe comes calling. Um, there is a, a, there, a coast, uh, Central Coast Mariner. Manchester City is in talks with Central Coast Mariner about uh, Anthony Ciceres. Uh This is going to be the second player, if he goes to Man City, this will be the second player since October from the A-League heading over to Manchester really? City. Wow. Uh, what I really enjoyed about this is what the manager of Central Coast had to say in that, uh, you know, he'd hate to lose. He'd hate to lose Anthony. However, if this truly is an opportunity for him to go over to Manchester City, he's earned it. He deserves it. And I can wish him nothing but luck. Which is huge. That's what you want to hear. It is what you want to hear. And it, it can be get it gets frustrating when you hear about these transfers from MLS being blocked all the yes. time because MLS is uh, is addicted to having the best American players, as many as they can have in their league, which I, again, I understand that. But if Europe comes calling, I Let mean, go. If, if, if Tim Howard was never allowed to go over to Manchester City, you know, if, this, if that transfer was happening now, I can't imagine that the league would be happy letting no, him go. Not at all. Um, be, he'd go kicking, well, they'd be kicking and screaming from a league's perspective while Tim would be like, let me go. Right. But, no, sorry. Now, granted, it was celebrated that Yedlin was heading over to Tottenham, um, which, which is great. Yeah, of course. But MLS doesn't do that enough. I think there's, there's too many blocks that happen. You know, Be proud of developing these exactly. guys. Be proud of selling them to the higher leagues. There's, there is no dreams. shame in that whatsoever. I think a team needs to realize we are well past the one player, one team whole career yes we're not steven yes. gerrard anymore i mean which didn't really end up happening even frank lampard too like you're not going to find a steven gerrard that's going to spend you know nine tenths basically of his career at one team which is not going to happen and anymore. really the only reason he left is he felt he was getting pushed out exactly and yep. uh even though fans now are like we didn't want him to leave it's like well it wasn't him it was the management right well yeah exactly and a clop of course have said you know hey come on back <laughs> we'll play you we'd yeah. love to have you yeah, yeah. So speaking of the Premier League, speaking of Jurgen Klopp, he's got his Liverpool boys sitting in eighth right now in the Premier League table. They've got 30 points. They're eight, six, and six. He's done fairly well. They're higher than where they were when he got there. So They, they are, but my goodness, talk about a team riddled, riddled with injuries. Maybe it's, they need Stevie G back there. Get some, de- get some, uh, get some depth. Well, it's not. It's it is not looking good. Um, it's not. No, I saw a great. I don't know. I was. I've never seen The Simpsons, but there was a meme from The Simpsons, basically, where it was just a panning shot of a guy Jurgen Klopp's face pasted on somebody from The Simpsons in like a pan of like a schoolyard, and there's just bodies everywhere. It's like a, a brief look inside all the Liverpool injuries, and there's just bodies everywhere. I'm like, everywhere. Yeah. I'm just everyone's hurt, which is unfortunate for Liverpool because they were on a really good run for a while. They seem to really have it together, and I know it's the. The blessing of a new manager. You sure. Wanna, you wanna, sure. It's very rare that you will get a new exciting manager and do poorly for your first five games. Look, it's since Klopp took over in October, I'm going to throw some stuff at you here. Thirteen hamstring injuries have happened 
So what does that tell you? <laughs> stretch. <laughs> it's, it's stretch, right? But then of course you've got uh, you've got um, Danny Ings and Joe Gomez going down with ACL tears or strains. Um, he Klopp has thirteen first team players left in his squad. It's gotten so bad there. Maybe they and, and it's Jordan unfortunate. Morris. Listen, it's unfortunate because Liverpool looked like a team that was really gonna mm-hmm. do. Pop, That's possible saying, some yeah. damage. When they um, first got Klopp over, I was like, this is going to be a scary team. I don't want to have to face them. And they were really good for a while. They were. Well, now it's gotten so bad, they've had to call in three academy players back from their loans. Wow. Ryan Kent, Shea Ojo, and Tiago Ilori. So Coventry, Wolves, and Aston Villa. He's had to call those three players back. Hmm. To fill now, of course, if you're those three players, you're probably thinking, you're like, "This is awesome! Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm gonna get first team, team minutes." Time yeah, that with, might uh, Liverpool flip that around. Maybe they'll either solidify a place, or maybe they can say, "Hey, I got some good first team minutes. Now I'm going to go get sold and go be a starter somewhere right. else." You know, depending on how that all plays out. But so Liverpool, they're in eighth place right now. But I want to look at the top five teams right now. You've got Arsenal in first; they have 42 points. Leicester City, they're not a joke at least so far. They're not a joke, but. Uh it was, you know, these last few weeks have not been terribly kind to them. No. The fact that they were sitting there in first by three or four points above Arsenal, and uh, Arsenal decided, you know what, we want to win this league. Yeah. And Mesut Ozil is playing absolutely on an entirely different level. He's, he was just named the uh, best German player abroad yeah. by, I think, Kicker Magazine. Which is uh, 100% true. He has looked by far one of the best, I'd say probably one of the top five players in the Premier League this season. Oh, absolutely. Um, a good friend of ours, too, Sonia Kondratenko of Kick TV, was just at Leicester. She did a tour of London uh, doing some other uh, exhibits while she was there, too. But she was at Leicester and got to see a few games while she was there as well. So if you guys follow her on, yeah, it's still on a gr- Twitter. still a great story seeing Leicester. They are. I mean, and second. Jamie Vardy's out for like a week or still, too. With uh, he, had, he had groin surgery, but it wasn't very big. If you could only be out for about two weeks and get groin surgery, it must not have been that severe. Well, and but that's what TC and I were talking about on the show, mm. uh, you know, from three weeks ago. Is just that is Leicester City. It's an incredible story, but Vardy is basically you take him out. Man, what yeah. do they got left? Right, you know. Yep. I haven't really heard of any other like, but they've got that fantastic defense. Or and have you seen that midfield? It's like, no, it's Jamie Vardy. That's it. And you see it right there that he's out for a couple weeks, and now Leicester falls to second. Yep. Exactly. Right behind them is Manchester City in third place with 39 points, only a point behind Leicester. Tottenham holding on in fourth place with 36 points, and Man United trying to stay relevant. They've been here, there, and everywhere. Can I tell you, I can't believe Van Hall has not been let go yet. And I think the only reason he hasn't been let go is there's no other big name out there that wants to coach Man U right now. Well, I don't know if it's right now, because I've I've heard all these rumors that is it... See, I don't know if these are true or not. You never can believe what Facebook right, tells right. you. I've heard Jose Mourinho is going to be is like already signed a deal to like to take over at the end of the year. You know, I'd like to say I don't believe that. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, and I've but if you're Manchester United, yeah, why? Because it's Jose Mourinho. Yeah, I guess so. You know, it's Jose Mourinho. You know, why? Why not? Maybe Bob Bradley. He's not. Well, he's not pop. He's not posh enough. I do want to say, uh, you know, you had mentioned them in fourth place, Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. Man, they so of course I watched them play the last game because it was against Everton. Sure, that was one of the most entertaining games of the season. It was back and forth, back and forth. I think it was a well-deserved point from first teams. Tottenham completely dominated the first half. Everton came on like a brand new team in the second half. So I think a point apiece was uh, was well deserved. But if you haven't watched Tottenham Spurs. Hotspurs play this season yet. Mm. Do yourself a favor and tune into their games because that is becoming a very exciting club to watch. I agree. No, I absolutely agree with you on that one. Yeah, it's 
one of those things where you know Everton and Tottenham they tied one one. Uh, so as you mentioned, it was yeah. it was a good game. Though. And and Tottenham, you know, they were playing some bar music. I think I think they they Tim Howard was very fortunate mm-hmm. having his goalpost make quite a few saves for him. Harry Kane had a wonderful blast. As Pretty early does. in the game was I think it was about twenty five yards out. Takes a shot with his right. It looks like he's going to pass, but he t- he cracks a shot. It hits the left post. I'm telling you, if it was a centimeter further in, that ball bounces into the goal. But it just happened to. Hit the post in the wrong uh, place. If you're an Everton fan in the physics, right place. Physics are crazy. Yeah, and it looked like it broke broke the law of physics, to be honest with you. As we've seen a lot of times. I find it interesting, too, here on ESPN FC, David Moyes is quoted as saying, of course I'd manage United again. No. Yeah, not going to happen. Don't do that. Not going to happen. Don't do that. But he has also come out, too, and said, let have Van Hall have the year. Well, yeah, I think he through. should. I think he should finish the year. Don't sack him at this point. I mean, Especially when you're 20 games in. Exactly. At this point, it doesn't make sense to go ahead and sack a player. but Or a manager. A manager, I'm sorry. <laughs> Talk about the player. Talk about Romelu Lukaku a little bit. 15 goals this season for Everton. He's tied in first place with Jamie Vardy with 15 goals. He looks like, well, first of all, Chelsea looks stupid because they got rid of him. They let him go. Well, and and who was it that let him go? Exactly, Jose. Yes. let him go. Mourinho let him go, saying that he'll never, he'll never. He didn't say he'll never amount. It's kind of like that father, though. But like, he'll never amount to anything. Right, yeah. right. I never loved you. You know. Yeah, well, he just said he wasn't. He wasn't good enough for the squad, and maybe at that time he wasn't. But Everton took him on loan, and then they bought him out, and that's probably one of the best deals Everton. No kidding. That might be made. one of the greatest like steals almost of soccer at the recent soccer history. I feel like. Yeah, he's he's just got a knack for that goal this year. He's tied with Jamie Vardy. Uh, with 15 goals on the season, yeah, uh, you know, tops in the Premier League, it's it's fun to watch him. Unfortunately, he's playing for a team right now that that can't get it all figured out. Their defense is pretty porous. Uh, it's amazing how John Stones has really been a lack of quality lately. After he was such a hot rumor over the summer, too. I remember I've written, I wrote a few articles about John Stones. Or oh, he's going to Chelsea. Oh, he's going here. He's going there. And then he stayed at Everton, and now. I heard rumors of him maybe going to Real Madrid, and then uh, right. I haven't heard anything yet about him. Well, and I, I'll, I'll tell you what, Baxter, Tim Howard has not looked good either. No. In fact, he's, I'll, I'll say it, he's looked pretty horrible. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I've heard a lot of malls around Tim Howard of, well, maybe this is his last well, year, here's, a lot here, of things. Here's what kills me, and I'm sorry if I'm making this an Everton uh, segment. Please, no, it's fine. That's <laughs> what you know the most about. It's okay. <laughs> what kills me is just his his ego and attitude lately. It's, yeah. it's astounding. You know, the fans are starting to chant about basically wanting him out of that goal and that they want uh, Robles in that, Joe Robles in the goal, who's been doing fantastic, by the way, in all the games that he has played. He was in goal for the last Capital One Cup sure. game in which they beat City 2-1. to one. Uh, But, you know, Howard, instead of just sucking it up and playing the game, he even during this last game, he turns to the crowd and applauds them, you know, uh, <laughs> He says stuff in the papers like, uh, kind of reminds me of Klinsman, so maybe yeah. Klinsman's wearing off on him. Might but be, where, he's, yeah. where he says, you know, our fans just don't understand what it is to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> sure. You can't be saying, yeah, you can't be saying stuff like no, that. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with you on that one. But Premier League, though, as we know, it is an ever-changing and ever-exciting time. Before we go to this break, because I hear the music, uh, Chelsea looks like they're turning things around, though. They three, hammered. Three results in three games. Yeah, 3-0 victory over Crystal Palace. I'm forgetting who yes. it was. Yep. Yes. 3-0 victory. Eden Hazard, 26 years young, looking pretty good again. You know, yeah. Chelsea has a hold, though. They might finally be turning things around. Well, and John Terry even came out and said since Mourinho's been gone and Hindix come in, it's been, uh, it's been Sometimes it's a, all change in air, a change in the air. Ah. So I think that says a lot right there. Fair enough. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, still more to get to, and we'll wrap things up here on 2 Up Front. We'll be right back with more on 2 Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America.
to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I am Baxter Colbert. And I'm Simon Provan. Quick reminder for all of you, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, by going to Two Up Front, or on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. All right, Simon, a new and exciting announcement in MLS today, LAFC. With their new crest. New crest? But new aside colors. From, well, I mean, their first crest, not necessarily their new crest. Right. Their first right, official right. crest. I was surprised that they went with black and gold, which uh, I think is, is kind of cool. It's kind of classy, uh, it's not. It's not black and yellow like the crew, so they didn't take that. Yep. Um, of course, Atlanta also has that black and gold, but they've got the red they've in there as well. They've got that red tint, yeah. But I, I think I mentioned this earlier in the show. Did we talk about this a little bit? I, I love the simplicity of their crest. Yeah. It's not the most extravagant looking. But it's nice to see a crest that you look at it and you go, okay, I get it. It's uh, it's the City of Angels. Yep. With that wing in there, um, it's also, you know, it's 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 not a crazy looking shield, um, I, and it just says Los Angeles Football Club. I'm I'm That's, I'm a big fan of this crest. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think they did a fantastic job with it, and it's going to be a crest that will be respected. I feel like because. Among other reasons, they just added a new owner today. They did. Another new owner. Who would that be, Simon? Well, to quote him, this is not a joke. <laughs> Will Farrell is yeah. the newest. Uh, there are actually, believe it or not, there were two new owners announced today. There was also the uh, Riot Games co-founder and CEO, Brandon Beck. But nobody cares about that. That's Will irrelevant. Farrell. That is irrelevant. Is part is owner. Will Farrell. So that's the, uh, let's see, we have Drew Carey up in Seattle, Will yeah. Farrell now down at L.A., and we were talking a little bit about it. You know, during the World Cup, Will Farrell was a big advocate for the U.S. Men's he National was. Team. Absolutely, yeah. I think that Will Farrell is starting to realize that soccer is growing, and he is wants to be on board with it in a positive manner. So I think he's done a great job with it, and... Uh, I think he'll he'll add a different flair to the team. Well, yeah, you know, it's this this club is working really hard to be a grassroots club of LA, and I I think they're doing a wonderful job with that. Of course, you know, it's it's also owned by a Malaysian billionaire, Vincent Tan, who also owns uh, Cardiff City. That I, I will honestly say, if I'm an LAFC fan, that's the one thing that would worry me because Tan has done some crazy weird stuff with Cardiff City. Um, that hopefully, I, I guess if you've got 29 owners in your ownership group, one guy's not going to have that much power to mess up the whole club. You'd like um, to think so. But I, going back to the pos- positives here, I loved Farrell's line where he said, uh, I've never been a part owner of anything, though I'm still a part owner of an 84 Toyota Camry with my brother. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, Baxter, I believe that's true. That's probably true. <laughs> Knowing Will Farrell and his, his background, that's probably true. I'm sure he's probably been making like, you know, $5 payments on it or something. Or <laughs> right. Just, uh, just to you know, leave it going there. But I, I think that this is a good move overall, and I, I like what the crest represents. As you mentioned, it is it's powerful. It commands attention, but it's not in your face. It's not the new DC United crest. No, it's 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 not the uh, corseted eagle. With I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had some interesting words for it. Well, before. I just I. I I don't know. It looks the new DC crest to me, and I'm sorry, United fans. It just it looks a bit cartoonish to it me. It does. No, you, I wouldn't apologize for that. So, um, for DC United fans, don't apologize. To <laughs> Do I wonder if we have any United fans listening in? Uh, if Sonia's listening, she's a big DC. Oh, fan, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm over it though. She's still. <laughs> we're still friends. Either way, though, I, I think this is a good move from that perspective. I mean, honestly, though, it looks nice. It looks. It yeah. looks pretty slick. It does. Now you know that might the, be my new background. They got a cool name for their uh, 
supporters group as well. Oh, do Bla- Black Army 1850. Okay. However, when I was watching the announcement, that's one thing I thought was, ooh, it sounded like 20 people were there. And then I saw a picture on Twitter. It looks like there's about 20 supporters there. So they'll have They're to all work probably on still that. Galaxy fans. They but probably haven't bought enough Galaxy fans yet. That being said, you know, this club has already identified a place to build their stadium. I don't know if they got the land. I, I want to say they do. Hmm. Um, I think so. I'm pretty sure they do. I've, I heard today. I think they've got a whole, okay. They've got an official site. I love the fact that they're building this with private money, and I yeah. think more. Orlando had to end up doing that when the, uh, the the new government took over and said, "You know what? All this money that was promised to sports groups were taking it back." Yep. And Orlando said, "Fine. You know what? We'll build it with our own money." Yeah. That's the way of the future. Exactly. You know? It's the way of politics. I, I personally, I understand the argument for why taxpayer money could go to building these stadiums, but ultimately. Man, I, I don't personally gain anything from it. Having a team in town, cool. No. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I don't, I don't want to fund a, a millionaire or a billionaire in this case. True. Uh, uh, play thing. I agree. No, I absolutely so agree. With I, you I, I give one. these, I give these owners credit for saying no. Don't worry about it. We're not asking for any taxpayer money. We're, we're building this thing. And we're. Well, I mean, you for look it. at guys probably like even Magic Johnson, or I mean, Will Ferrell or Magic Johnson by themselves could probably build the entire stadium sure. within reason. Sure. I mean, I feel like they've got enough money saved up, or even just the two of them. If they were just to go in and say, oh, yeah, we'll fund the whole thing, you know, no problem at all. I feel like it'd be be just fine. I do want to say this, though, too, LAFC, if you're listening, if you do need a good-looking group of soccer broadcasters for any of your games, you should give back your Colburn and Simon Provan a call, and we'd be happy to come out and do your games Very for you. Very happy. For Very the right happy. price. No, not even for the right price. We'd just love to do it regardless. You know. Either way, though, we, um, we're excited for you, LAFC, and we hope that when Minnesota and everybody else comes into the league officially that they do it right as well, because I feel like LA is really doing it right. They are. Oh, you know what? When you said Minnesota, I have to say, they kind of stole the Loons logo. Oh, with the wing? Yeah. Kind of. I kinda. just thought of that. I mean, yeah, I can see it a little bit. Yeah, I mean. Just just the wing. Just, just the enough. Wing of it. Just enough. Maybe that's a silent jab. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, though, but we've come to the, the part of the show, Simon, that we both. I that we will win! I we will win! I that we will win! It is our I Believe segment. I don't know what that... Oh, yeah, okay. I, I can, just pulled up the Loons logo for Baxter. I can see. see that, yeah. Minnesota United FC, by the way, is who I'm referring to when I say the Loons. See I mean, theirs is a little bit more, like, rounded sure, off, while sure. this is bar, far more geometric. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go on record right now. I hope Minnesota United... Minnesota? I hope Minnesota <laughs> United keeps, oh. keeps their crest that they have. Why wouldn't I they? I don't think that has to be updated at no, all. No, I don't think so. I, I think legally... They'll have they, to get rid of the star. They'll have to get rid of the star right for winning the championship. I think legally, since NASL has rights to that crest, Minnesota may have to change it a bit. I'm not sure of all the legality, though. Anyways, I've totally ruined the transition no, no. into our You're I totally believe. fine. You're totally fine. Either way, it is time for our I Believe segment. So, Simon, you can go first since I went first on our 50-50. What is your I Believe segment this my week? My I Believe segment, uh, my I Believe this week is I believe that Roberto... Martinez, or Martinez, as they've yes. been saying, is finally going to take Tim Howard out of that goal and put Joel Robles in there. Do we see Timmy Joel H. Robles. coming back stateside? <sighs> Why not? I don't, I don't know if his ego could, True. could handle that. Maybe he goes that. to like L.A., maybe. But, you know, L.A. needs a goalie. Fun fact. Yeah, that's They don't true. have a that's good goalie. What, what I will say, though, is that Joel Robles has been amazing in the games that he's true. played in. I believe he's undefeated. Granted, they've all been cup games. Either way. But 
Still professional but soccer game in England. Tim Howard has not been playing the best. And when you've got a backup that's been playing outstanding in the games that he's been in. True. There's got to be some point where you make that switch. I agree. So I think the fans will get their wish sooner rather than later. Hmm, interesting way to th- view it. All right. Well, my I Believe segment uh, centers around what Diego Fagundes' new contract is with uh, the New England Revolution. I believe that with Fagundes re-signing, it will allow the Revolution to move forward as an organization with Fagundes as their masthead. They are going to rally around him like they did with Taylor Twelman and Steve Ralston. They've got the guys there to be a great team. And I think going forward, now that Fagundes is locked up long-term, that this is the beginning of something new and exciting for the New England Revolution. I can see that. It is exciting for them. And uh, as I said before, Baxter, I think Jay Heaps, we kind of got on them a little bit earlier this year, but I think you're in good hands out there in New England with Jay Heaps. I think so, too. Uh, Real quick, I wanted to mention this earlier because uh, we do like to talk about all of American soccer. Of course. San Antonio Scorpions in the NASL have been sold. New ownership group down there uh, wants to take them out of the... Well, they're, they are done in the NASL. Yep. This ownership group wants to have them in the USL to build their way up to I was going to say, I, heard, I thought I heard they applied for MLS status, or they've applied their... They're, they're trying to build at least an MLS-specific state. Well, they've got, they've got that 8,000-seater down there in San Antonio that was made to expand to an 18,000-seat capacity. So. Okay. And that's what this owner's talking about, wanting to do, is actually do that expansion. That would be great. Yeah, why not bring it on? Let's get another team down there in the south make it a little bit more interesting so all right well thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of two up front special thanks to vavli usa's chris blakely for joining us talking about jordan morris and all things cascadia thank you for listening you can find us right here on sports radio america from 3 to 6 p.m eastern time on fridays you can also find us on demand on itunes spreaker.com and on iHeartRadio as well we are also on facebook at two up front just search two up front on facebook you'll find us we're also on twitter at two up front soccer on Instagram at 2 Upfront Soccer, he is at Baxter Colburn. I am at Simon Provan. All right, thank you so much for listening. He's Simon Provan. I'm Baxter Colburn. With our manager being the one above, we are 2 Upfront. the trail check order takeout check schedule heart checkup done we've all adapted to a new way of living keep your health care on schedule with johns hopkins medicine where your health and safety are our highest priorities we're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across maryland and the greater washington region your health our experts safely caring for you schedule your care now learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.